Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Anybody want to guess? How many of you have weird things in your house? Weird things in your house? Not your spouse or another human being? <laughs> Oh, I have a weird little unit. I actually think I can plug it in. I had another thing I was going to bring, but this is the latest. Anybody want to guess what this is? Some of you, if you know, you can't, if you for sure know, because I told you, you can't shout it out. You want to guess what this little baby is? Let's see if I can get it going here. Eh, here we go. Start transfer. Here we go. Ooh, isn't that fun? Isn't that great? What do you think it is? It's my Iron Man little thing. It's my Iron Man power source. It's not that. Oh, it's so good. Anybody want to guess? Online, you can put your answers in the comments. What do you think this shiny little flashing thing is? Isn't it fun? It's pretty cool. Has anybody ever seen one of these? Anybody have one of these in their home? Oh, you're missing out. You know what it is? It's called a water imprinter, and that's all I'm gonna tell you about that because it would take too long to explain it, but it changes water with frequencies. Isn't that cool? Cool little health gadget, anyway, fun stuff. I'm sure we all have some weird stuff. You know what, it's one thing to have something weird, unusual, something like an object that you don't really know what the purpose is. How many of you, somebody gave you, ever received a gift, and you're like, I don't know what this is, and they had to explain it. It kind of, you know, there's sometimes we have things that we just don't know what they are. Now, it's one thing to not know what an object is, what its purpose is. It's a completely different thing when it's us. <laughs> Anybody struggle with that? What is my purpose? Online, have you ever struggled with that? If you can relate to that, give it's like, yes. Do you struggle with what is my purpose? You know, I, mean, I remember very clearly as a teen and even through my young early adult, early adult years, I remember not having a clue about my purpose. Now, this was especially bad because I was a church kid. Even worse, I was the pastor's kid. And it's kind of that unspoken thing that pastor's kids kind of have inside access, you know, at least they should, and I didn't. And, you know, this is, it was, it was such a block, I could not see myself beyond high school. I had no plan, I couldn't imagine being, it's just like, what are you going to have to regret? I have no idea. And this wasn't because, I was a good student, I was a straight A student, I had a great family who loved me, I did great in school, I loved school, I didn't have any stuff that should have been contributing to that kind of don't know what you're supposed to be, kind of lack of purpose. But it was very real, and maybe, maybe some of you can relate to that too. It's very real, it's a kind of a, a and a, even as a culture, Mike mentioned this last week, as a culture, it's safe to say that we're kind of in this meaning deficit zone. Would you agree? It's very, man, it's like we have to actually have a term for it. Guess what it's called? 
purpose anxiety. <laughs> there is an actual term for it. Isn't that crazy? Purpose anxiety. It's a thing. Not that we needed another form of anxiety, but now you know you can have purpose anxiety too. I, here's a quote. I never, here's this, listen to this, it's so good. When we lack meaning, we will try to construct meaning through whatever stimulus is present. Whenever we lack meaning, we will try to construct meaning through whatever stimulus is present. Guess who said that? Russell Brand. I never, ever, ever in my life thought I would be quoting Russell Brand on Sunday morning. But that was such a great statement. You know, it's, we, it's true. When we lack meaning, we start looking for meaning in our stuff. In our, and, and stuff is not just the accumulation of objects. Stuff can be our experiences. I got to travel here. I got to go there. I got to try this new thing. I got to try that new thing. You might not accumulate stuff, but maybe you accumulate experiences. And not that there's anything bad with that. But I think it's safe to say as a culture, there's such a lack of purpose and lack of meaning that we're trying to find it in other things. And, you know, maybe you're a student and you struggle with this, or, you know, maybe you're kind of at a change and you're kind of at a transition stage in life, whether it's like all of a sudden you went from being single to married and, oh my gosh, we have a kid. Or maybe it's like, oh my gosh, we have no more kids because y'all moved out and now I just look at you. Like, maybe whatever the transition, or maybe you're in, you know, your 40s and you're feeling like you're an occupational vagabond because I don't know what I'm doing, I kind of jump it around or, you know. COVID changed a lot of things for you in terms of your job, your business, or your lifestyle. It's like, what? And it can leave you very disorienting. And I actually think that's been heightened in this past year because as a culture, a lot of the things we found our sense of meaning or purpose in have been cut off, have been interrupted have been canceled for the thousandth time. Don't even get me started. You know, our new series, Garden City, and the new way to be human, it's actually about discovering the true meaning and purpose of our lives and living in it. Not just discovering what it is, not just figuring out, but discovering what the true meaning and purpose of our lives is and living in it. But also, we're going to discover a new, a different way to understand purpose and meaning. See, so often what happens in life, and, and maybe this is just me, I don't know if you can relate, but I remember very much we can, stages in life, and especially if you're in one of these transition stages, or you're a student, you're trying to figure out life, a lot of times we can try to run around trying to find our purpose. We try to experiment with different things, experiment with different jobs, experiment with different kind of classes, different courses, experiment with different lifestyles, and we're trying to find something to bring meaning to our lives. We're trying to find something that we, is meaningful that we can give our lives to. Anybody relate to this online? Can you relate to this? It's, you know, but, but in this series, we're going to look at a different angle on purpose and meaning because here's something for you to consider. What if the real meaning and purpose of our life is less about discovering your purpose so you can do it? And what if it's more about 
bringing purpose into whatever it is you're doing. So we're going to jump in. Genesis to the beginning. That's the best place to go because we're going to tell you a story. See, one of the things about purpose, you can't know your purpose unless you know your story. And whether you've heard the story a hundred times or not, we have, we can always hear it again. This is the problem with Where's my little thing? There we go. The very beginning of the book, it's kind of hard to flip there. Everyone say Genesis. And now you also need to say, say, this is my story. Because it is our story. It's not just the story of two people who screwed up everything for the rest of us and we're all suffering because of it. This is my story. Genesis 1, 26, 20, or sorry, 20, yeah, 26, 27. And we're going to go into chapter 2 and I'm going to kind of jump around a bit. Then God said, let us make man in our image in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. Everyone say God's own image. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. Let's let that sit. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over, everyone say rule over. Rule over the fish of the sea. That is what you can claim every time you get in the boat on the lake. I rule you fish. Rule over the fish, the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Oh, we're gonna jump over. Chapter 2, starting verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Jumping down to verse 8. Now the Lord God planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Jumping down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it. Everyone say, work it and take care of it. Say, take care of it. Take care of it. Now, what does that have to do with us today? We have a cool video. I love that. We're taking the world somewhere. Oh, I just love that. What is the purpose and meaning? What is the true purpose and meaning of our lives? There are four things that we're going to take, that we're going to grasp from this story. And I mean story, not just the video, but the Genesis story, God's bigger story. Four things and how it relates to our everyday lives. So you ready? Church Online, I hope you're back with us. If you aren't, you're going to just kind of rewind a little bit. You can catch up. But four things to grasp about this story to apply to our lives. Purpose, meaning. What is the true purpose and meaning of life? Here's the first thing. Number one, purpose is first broad and second specific. Purpose is first broad and second specific. Now, if we get this backwards, we're going to be miserable in life. <laughs> because if, and, and I find, unfortunately, this is how we're kind of trained in the system and in the culture that we live in. 
what do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? What are you going to be? And we're like, I don't know what I want to be. You can be anything you want to be. No, you can't. Parents, don't ever tell your kids that. That is the biggest lie you could ever tell them. No, you can't do that. I will never be able to be a seven-foot basketball player with a killer three-point shot. It ain't happening on this side of eternity. Maybe God can change my body shape. In the other side, I don't know. But purpose is, first of all, broad and second, specific. And see, what this means is our broad or primary purpose is our main purpose. It's a shared purpose. It's the most important purpose. Our broad purpose, our shared purpose, is the most important purpose to grasp because it's God's purpose for humanity. Like we saw in the video, God's purpose for humans was that we would be what? His image bearers. That's the primary purpose that we have as human beings. See, there is no purpose greater than this. And this is a purpose that we can do whether we're a lawyer, whether we're at home changing diapers, or whether we're a student upgrading. We have a primary purpose that will never change based on your career, based on your income, based on what you're doing. You have a purpose. Everyone say, I have a purpose. And I would just even consider, I wonder if sometimes, man, we struggle with things of fulfillment and, and trying to find meaning because we're chasing the wrong thing. We're trying to find the specific before we find and live in the primary, the broad. Here's the second thing we get to grasp. What we do does matter. What we do does matter. Now, maybe you've heard it said, it's not what you do, it's who you are that's important. You know, it sounds great on a plaque, but that's not quite right. <laughs> because what we do does matter. Your job and your career, school, what you do, it matters. Parenting matters. Building, designing, gardening, whatever you're doing. Cleaning out the garage, mowing the yard, cleaning out the junk room, doing your homework, helping your kids with their cute little project, changing diapers, you know, midnight feedings, whatever it is. The work we do matters. Everyone say it matters. And it all falls into a category that scripture defines as work. When the Bible talks about work, it's not just talking about your job. It's talking about, like we heard in the video, all of human activity. And there's two ways that humans work. We work, that one word work, it literally means to cultivate, to develop, to bring out the potential. But then that word care, as in God put man in the garden to work it and care for it, it simply means to protect or to guard. And see, true work, in other, in other words, work that we're doing, whatever those activities we're doing, that allows us to live in our purpose, is work that involves cultivating, developing, bringing out the potential of something, or caring for, or guarding and protecting God's creation, God's world. And by creation, I don't mean nature. I mean anything in this world. So number two, what we do does matter. Here's the third thing to grasp. Number three, 
We work on God's behalf. We're partners with God. We're his image bearers. There is no greater privilege than that. We're partners, and I love how the video described it. It said we're called to rule. What is rule? Well, if we're all called to rule, what are we ruling? Well, you know, because in our world we think, well, you're the boss and I'm not. But if we're all called to rule, what does that mean? Well, it said we rule through our everyday work. Our everyday, what we're doing, what we're putting our hands to, we're ruling to, and we actively partner with God in taking the world somewhere. So here's my question. And maybe there's a good question we could ask ourselves. Where am I taking the world? With every activity, where am I taking the world? When I go to school, where am I taking my world? When I'm driving, to that business meeting, when I'm engaging and doing my job, when I'm with friends, when I'm on the volleyball court or on the ice or wherever, how, where am I taking the world? See, ruling, and not somebody else, I also said it this way, ruling is about taking the raw materials that God packed into creation and rearranging them in a way that brings out their potential and flourishing. That's what that word rule means. So think of it this way. What happens when you rearrange dirt and seeds? You bring out the potential called flowers, or broccoli, or potatoes, or basil. You bring out that potential, and you enable the flourishing of tables with food and rooms with beauty. What, do you, what happens when you rearrange graphite and wood pulp? You bring out the potential of artwork that enables the flourishing of something called beauty. What about when you take and rearrange cocoa, eggs, wheat, dairy, and some other stuff and put it in a hot place? Oh, you bring out the potential called brownies. <laughs> and you know what? When you add humans into the mix, you enable the flourishing of friendship as you devour that food. Here's an even better one. What happens when you rearrange six humans, metal, wood, water, and rubber? It brings out the potential called hockey. <laughs> and it enables the flourishing called team, called strength, called speed. It enables the flourishing called community when people come around it enables the flourishing called joy and celebration when your team wins and the flourishing of a good attitude even though they don't win. You think I'm funny, but this is actually how this works. It doesn't get much more complicated than this. What happens when you rearrange humans into a relationship called marriage? You bring about the flourishing of human potential. And I know I wouldn't be had it not, had an Enneagram 8 not married an Enneagram 9, oh, there would be a lot of potential that I would not have developed had my husband not brought that out. Here's the question. There's a question for all of us. What are you rearranging to bring out the potential and to enable the flourishing of God's world in a way that reflects Him? That is the meaning of your life.
That is your purpose. Whether it is in the courts as a lawyer, a classroom as a teacher, at home with preschoolers, or putting in the 40th job application, trying to find a job. See, it all hinges on this. Are you trying to find purpose to do it? Or will you bring purpose into whatever it is you're doing? See, not all work cultivates and cares for God's creation. Some work is destructive. See, I can be a journalist and I can rearrange words and ideas and images to bring out the potential of a story that will inspire hope. Or I can rearrange words, ideas, and images to create clickbait to make more money and to inspire fear and to drive an agenda. See, there's two ways I can do the same job. One is actual true work that brings fulfillment and meaning and purpose. And one is just a job. Maybe I'm an athlete. So I can take words, attitude, strength, and skill and rearrange it to become, bring out the potential of a really great athlete who enables my team to be a great team and to play well, to have a great attitude as a team. Or I can just be an athlete and do my thing and I'm great. One, two ways to be that, but one is true work, the kind that brings meaning and enables others to flourish. See, all of this is why Jesus came. And this is a fourth thing to grasp. We've been saved for something, not just from something. We haven't been saved from a big bad world. We have been saved for partnership with God, bringing his healing purpose back into the world. We are saved for something. Everyone say saved for. Saved for. See, we're not just saved for heaven someday to get whisked away to this far off place we don't know where. God is coming back. He's returning and we've been saved for salvation. God is working with us. And that's what following Jesus is all about. We're on this mission. We don't pray a prayer, sit back and wait till things work out, and then we go to heaven someday. And in the meantime, try to find what our purpose is. No, we say yes to follow Jesus, and our purpose is giving expression to the potential and bringing out that potential that God's put in our world now, enabling this world to flourish under his rule now. Not a someday thing. Salvation is more. It's about more than just relationship I'm gonna say something and some of you're gonna get mad and I hope I do make you mad because it'll make you think salvation is about works salvation is about works we don't work for our salvation we don't work for relationship with God to get him to love us but the sign of salvation is that we work from salvation for the flourishing of our world. That it reflects God's purposes in it. See, that's why we've been given relationship with God. So that we can fulfill God's purpose for us. And like, I love the video. 
His purpose is this, this new humanity that God wants to create in us, people in whom his image is being restored. We're not there yet, we're in process. But we become people who move the human project forward. I wanna invite you to stand online. If you wanna stand too, maybe that will just kinda give you a different body position, help you focus in, because I really believe there's something God wants in our hearts to transition and change that, man, every day we can have the opportunity to live in purpose and meaning. It's about bringing God's purpose and God's meaning to the activities that we do. I'm gonna pray, God, I thank you. God, we are so thankful. God, we are so thankful that you didn't give up on us, you didn't give up on your creation project, but God, we are so thankful for Jesus that we have been set free, that you have brought salvation, given salvation to us, and God, today we say thank you. Come on, church, church online, church in the room, can you just say thank you? God, thank you. God, thank you that I am your partner. God, thank you that we've been set free, we are forgiven, and God, we have a brand new start. And you know, church, whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, if you want to be a part of this way of living, man, you cannot experience that fulfillment and meaning in your life of walking and living out that purpose every single day. The way we do that is by following Jesus. And the way you follow is saying, okay, Jesus, I'll, you lead, I'll follow. And it's as simple as this. Can you pray with me? This is how you say yes, Jesus. You say, Jesus, I believe that you are the new human that I'm supposed to be. Thank you for everything you've done to set me free, to give me a new start, to live for your plan, bringing salvation to the planet. Amen, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.